Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. This is Brad Briscoe, and you are listening to Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones, the Beavis and Butthead of Church Planting. Hey, Church Planter, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Pete, what happened? Did, like, did you not have your vitamins right there? See, come on, let's do it again. Come on, do it like you mean it. Hey, Church Planter, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for the Church Planter Podcast, the show that everybody waits for and can't believe they did. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fun with sound effects on this episode. So, Did um, you see that Super Bowl commercial where I the didn't. guy went into the Pac Man game? I did not watch uh, any Super Bowl or commercials. I don't, uh, don't do the Super Bowl. You just lost us the entire listening audience in the South. That's all right, because I'm usually out there uh, sharing the gospel, and if they would rather just stay at home and watch TV, that's entirely on them. Yeah, yeah, life is not a game, people. <laughs> so, uh, what's, oh, today's topic, yeah, today's topic, we're actually going to be going over the best church planting books on the market, giving you our opinion on those, and of course... Um, <laughs> And of course, Peyton found the sound effects app on his iPad again. So we've uh, that's the only reason I'm doing this podcast today, so I can hit the buttons. Yeah. So we've actually got. um, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll I'll hold back. It was a Super Bowl one. Come on. Whatever. If you say so. If you say so. So uh, we do actually have a sound effect that I think is actually worth playing. I was uh, absolutely in tears when Peyton sent this over to me. So um, we're gonna go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I can't even lead up to it properly. We, we've been talking about this soundbite forever. And finally, I just knuckled down and did it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so... As you guys know, we have Batman, Doc Brown, Hulk Hogan. If you uh, listen to Hardcore Church Planning, which um, <laughs> at the time of this recording isn't on iTunes, but is on Stitcher. It'll probably be on iTunes later today. It has been submitted. We're just waiting. And Peyton actually, um, during like the first interview that we did, which is actually episode two, I think it was the one. Was it the one with Brad Briscoe or was it one of the other ones? Uh, I don't remember who we did first. I don't because I just remember um, Justin Meyer is the one that's on there oh. first. But that oh, was you know who we did. You know who it was first was um, Rob Salvato. Was he the first? Okay, I think so. All right, so then you'll that's uh, that's actually on Hardcore Church Planet as episode three, and the first three episodes are on Hardcore Church Planet. That one will be coming out every Wednesday. So uh, for those of you like Ruben who have been like, hey, I need more podcasts. You now have our hour long Monday and our half hour Wednesday. The half hour Wednesday will be found as hardcore church planting, and uh, and in between you can get Taco Tuesday, just to ease the pain a bit. Is that is that like a Lego reference, Lego movie reference? No, actually, it wasn't. Taco Tuesday is like a staple in the Jones house, man. We do Taco Tuesday every Taco night. So Peyton comes up with an, an outro, right? So on the Church Planner podcast, it's always. Hey, church planner, remember, if you want to reach the ones that no one's reaching, you got to go where no one's going and do what no one's doing, right? Great outro, fits the show, it's perfect for the market. (laughs) (laughs) So on the fly, Peyton's trying to come up with an outro for the Hardcore Church Planning Podcast, of which he comes up with what I think is single-handedly the most ridiculous yet funny and in a weird way appropriate outro. For hardcore church planning, which is? Oh, oh yeah, man. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm like, we're finishing the show and I I don't have something to grab onto because, you know, it's hard to end a show. It's actually hard to, you know, you got the guest on there. So we don't have any. And in my mind, I'm going, oh no, oh oh, no, we (laughs) don't have a way to end it. So I totally made a go hardcore. Uh, Remember, if you're called to church planning, go hardcore or go home. Which it's just it's so it's funny because it's ridiculous and yet it's very appropriate, right? All at the same time, it's like this. It's this yeah. weird slogan: "Go hardcore or go home." It just sounds fake too. I, I think when we say it, so we it becomes like a joke. And we're doing all these interviews, and I think it was like the first six interviews we had done, and it becomes like this thing at the end where I'm like begging Peyton to say it. And he doesn't want to say it. And so finally, I think even on one of them, you said, Pete, you say it because I don't want to say it. And like, because I'm constantly making fun of it because it's it's funny and yet it's appropriate. And all of a sudden, I get this call from Peyton one night. And he goes, hey, you know how we have Arnold saying, get to the church plant, which you got to listen to hardcore church planning to, to hear that sound bite. He goes, I'm going to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to do the uh, go hardcore or go home. And it's so awesome. strangely, it works. So. If you don't listen to Hardcore Church you Planning. You not stop laughing. No. You're like, I've never been so happy about our podcast till right now. <laughs> because it was like perfect. <laughs> it was the perfect fix to it. Because you can have Arnold do a cheesy line. And because it's Arnold, it works. It works great. So here's the soundbite for everybody. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. <laughs> I just love it, dude. I love it. Or And, and because I... Reference this. Here's uh, get to the church plant. Get to the church plant. 
Get to the charge blend. Go now. <laughs> I just oh, love so it, beautiful. man. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> it really is. All right. So, so Peyton sends me this one. We've been talking about uh, Mr. Miyagi. Now, I got to be careful because our audience is relatively young. And I think, Peyton, my, my gut says there are a lot of people who listen to this church planner podcast, like the Jimbo Balaams of the world, who will not know the original Karate Kid. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. Yes, it's like it says in Judges, and then there arose a generation that knew not Ralph Macchio. And I'm afraid that's going to be the case. So if you haven't seen the original Karate Kid, not the one with Jackie Chan, the one with Pat Morita, then uh, then this will make more sense to you. But to me, this was the funniest soundbite. I was literally making dinner when Peyton sent this to me. I'm listening to it on my phone, and I'm like doubling over this the stove in tears. I'm laughing so hard. So here we go. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, get the squish just like grape. Here, church planting. Same thing. Either you church planting do. Yes. Or church planting do. No. You church planting do. Guess so. Just like grape. <laughs> Love that. It's like the worst dub over ever. And it's why it works. Absolutely, man. I can't believe you were trying to find someone who could do a real Mr. Miyagi sound effect because you like wanted a real one. But that to me, I wanted it to seem seamless. And I'm like, oh, just forget it. I'm going to do it and it'll be funnier if it sounds fake. So, oh, it was totally, totally just appropriate. And, uh, and we, we got some great sound bites from the guys we were interviewing, like Ephraim Smith from uh, World oh, Vision. Yeah. He gave oh, us a yeah. great one. He said, uh, these two guys are black men trapped in white men's bodies, which is awesome coming from Ephraim Smith. And uh, though we did put a little little caveat on there, he's not he's not sure if we've got the rhythm, but uh, you know yeah. he did, didn't he? he yeah, did. he did. But, yeah, uh, most most of the time we're getting these guys. We're going, oh yeah, here's a soundbite, and they end up they end up making their own, and they're all insulting. And I love that <laughs> that our guests are just beating the crap out of us. It's and I show. and I love that I keep asking these guys who would win in a fight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that goes back to Church Planner Magazine. We've got a. A series of um, uh, new features that we're adding in 2015. Um, we're, we're starting up cribs. Um, so church planner cribs we're doing. Uh, one of the things is um, church planner death matches. So we're going to have Did like, your church uh, cribs, did yours get put into this issue? No, I'm not posting that one yet. I don't want it to be the first one. We're mm. going to use that as an example, kind of a prototype for the other guys that are uh, going to be doing. Um, like we've sent Ephraim one. We'd love to see Ephraim Smith do a Cribs um, and a lot of our guests. So we're going to send one to Tim Keller, some of the other guys, and get a uh, an MTV uh, style Cribs. And the Which, one that what, the, the funny the funny thing about your Cribs to me, it's one room. That's all we're seeing. You're like taking us on a tour of the one room. (laughs) I tell him like, all right, Cribs, you know, this is, uh, can't take you through the whole house. This is my room. Right. (laughs) Right. right. And then you got your your pictures and your, I thought the, uh, the, uh, empire poster was hilarious. Yeah. That was from Ruben. He gave that to me for my birthday. So it was on there. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I thought that was a great story because, uh, 
you know, uh, you're always talking about you don't want to be an empire builder. So it's yeah. a it's a poster of of Darth Vader, and he says the empire wants you. It's like you know Uncle Sam wants you. <laughs> it's hilarious. Every time I walk out my door, it's a reminder, right? It, it's got Darth Vader going. The empire wants you. It's a reminder not to empire build. Your kingdom spreading, my man. I've actually got a, a funny story to talk about. Real, I mean, it's it's somewhat funny. It's humorous. Well, let's, let's hit humorous. the Hulk, man. Well, I can't yet. It's it actually has to do with our sponsors. So we need Yoda. Oh yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's hear it. <laughs> Sponsor today, the Church Planner Podcast is. <clears throat> Tell you who it is. We will. <laughs> So we're no longer using the Yoda soundbite. <laughs> we're just going to have you do it every week. I like it. Every time. I like it. So uh, this mm, week's... Uh, you seek our sponsor. <laughs> there you, you go. Don't lie. Our sponsor is Mogiv. M-O-G-I-V. I'm, I'm just glad that you spelled it in order. <laughs> G-O followed by M-I. It is... <laughs> No, yeah, but that's not how you spell it. Precede it. Yeah, so, He's not a good speller. He's an awesome Jedi warrior, but he sucks at spelling. So um, this last week, I had a uh, an event. I was teaching Facebook marketing to uh, a handful of uh, business owners. And I'd done a podcast, and I'd invited all of our church planners to to get on it. And so we, we actually had one church planner who came out from Riverside and spent the two days with us. And was uh, learning how to master all this. And it was really cool because I love the guy. I, I love talking to church planners. I love hearing what they're doing, what they're up to. Um, because every story is so unique when you're church planning. And there's like four of us were at dinner the, the first night. And I think, I, actually, I don't remember if he stayed at the hotel we were at or if he drove back to Riverside. I don't remember. I think he stayed at the hotel. But... Um, like a bunch of the guys that, you know, were like, look, let's just go to dinner because you're going to face traffic and LA traffic just, it's horrible. So, yeah. you know, just wait, we'll have dinner, then you can go home. So we're at Islands, of course. Where am I going to take people? I'm always going to take them to Islands, right? So we're at Islands and we're spending the whole time talking about his church plant because the other two guys um, are believers as well. And, uh, so I ask him, I go, hey, so tell me, do you have any online or text-based giving platform right now for your church plant? And he goes, no, we don't yet. Oh, wait, MoGiv, MoGiv! <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> it was we'll hilarious, man. MoGiv, so uh, so MoGiv, I'm just, I'm throwing this out there, you know, continue to be a great sponsor of ours because it is definitely sinking in with the church planners. They get it. They get it. It's yeah. all about MoGiv. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, if you'd like to find out more about MoGiv, where can they go? They can go to uh, www.mogiv, that's spelled M-O-G-I-V, forward slash church. Uh, MoGiv.com, forward slash church. Don't forget yeah, the .com. I, I was making it up as I went. I just remember that forward slash church. They are an online and text-based giving platform. So For if you're growing like, churches and ungrowing ones. And ungrowing ones, yes. They're great for church plants, even missional communities. Tell everyone just Ooh. to take out their phone. Ooh, oh, I like that. You, that, you that forgot your checkbook. No problem. You're sitting there on my couch. Take out your phone. Here, go to this page. Give us money. It's a great system. Love it. So that's their commercial today. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, you know. 
Telling a story. Telling a story. I just thought it was hilarious. He's like, no, we don't have anything. Mo give! Mo give! <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> he was like Epstein on uh, Welcome Back. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, it was great. All right. Here's, here's the Hulkster for you. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you gonna do when the Church Planner podcast runs wild on you? So I gave my story. What's your story? What's your smack talk for today's episode? You know, I don't. I don't really. You know, what's funny is I totally had one in the week, and then I I forgot it. Don't I you hate when that happens? Because we're always like trying yeah. to save the stories for the uh, the podcast. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And then and then you think, oh, yeah, I'll save it. And then you get to the day and it's it's gone yeah. and it's gone. And it's not it's, it's never as funny the second time around. No, but my my story's like literally I sat down and I'm like, I can't remember what my story. I had a great story, too. I just can't remember it. So yeah. this is tribute, man. It's like Jack Black. You know, I had the greatest story in the world, but I can't remember it. So this is tribute. Well, I would just say that. uh you know, Peyton and I, we've got the second podcast. We're thinking about doing a third podcast, which is totally different podcast that actually could be used by church planners, but isn't directly aimed at church planners. And part of it is we review movies just from a uh, just from our slant, our perspective. So this last Sunday, I went and uh, saw a pretty good movie. I, I would uh, actually recommend. Uh, I think. I, I mean, if you. If you're offended by profanity, then go watch the movie. There's probably profanity in it. I'm so desensitized that I don't even notice it anymore. But it's called uh, Black Sea with Jude Law. He's the uh, the main guy. I actually, I really enjoyed the movie. It was a really good movie. That's all I wanted, hey. too. I just wanted to see a good movie, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know how that is, man. You know what? I, I just can't wait till we get to Time Bandits. If we each get a movie, like kind of a free movie that we get to pick, where it's like, if if you could review one movie before you die, mine would be Time Bandits. Just because I know nobody else on the planet would review it. 80s film, Monty Python, amazing. I would have to rewatch it because I literally don't remember anything about that movie. Oh my gosh. It for for I grew up with it. It was like my favorite movie as a kid, you know, besides Star Wars, of course, right? Oh, and I can't wait till we get to the Star Wars movies. That's gonna be amazing. Well, see, here's here's the uh, here's the thing about Black Sea. This is what I'll share with people. One of the reasons why I really liked it. Okay, so Jude Law works for a salvage firm that uh, basically they they find wrecks in the sea. Um, you know, they go and they they get all the stuff that was on it, and they make their money selling it or you know doing whatever they do. Of course, they're looking for ships that have sunk that have gold bars, silver, things like that. Those are of course the the high value targets. So. He's a sub-captain, and uh, they decided that they don't need subs anymore, so they just fire him. And he's like, man, I've given 11 years to this company, and uh, you know, my family, I- I'm divorced now because of this company. And so he's like, he- he's totally just ticked. And um, there's a bunch of them in a pub one night, and I believe this takes place probably, I, I believe it's in the UK. I believe they're, they're, they're in Britain. Um, specifically because one of the things that I really enjoyed about this film, so there's this, this uh, U-boat that they found on the bottom of the sea that has, uh, I don't remember how many tons, but a couple tons of gold on it. And they want to go get it. So he has to put together a crew. 
and they have to take a Russian submarine to go get it. Because that's, I mean, that's like, you know, you can get an old diesel Russian sub, but, you know, that's about all you can get. So they need guys who speak Russian. So half the crew is Russian and the other half is British. And there is this total racial tension between the two. And as an American, it was just, it was like, it was weird but to say this, but it was like, Finally, a racially tense movie that's not about black people and white people. <laughs> so mm. it was like Russians and, and and British. And so it was it to me, it was like a different dynamic to racial tensions. Yeah. And I mean, everything goes wrong that could possibly go wrong on this boat. I mean, people are killed um, uh, some intentionally, some, you know, accidentally. And I mean, it's just it was I thought it was just a really good film. And then, of course, the greed. You know, seeing all of their greed to to get this gold. So that's awesome, man. Good movie, but I won't tell you how it ends, which is different for yeah, me. Yeah, no, don't do that because you 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 told me that about one of the movies that I'm sure we'll review, and you call me up and go, "How can this happen?" It's like one of these mind bending like I said it on films. the Facebook post. On the Facebook <laughs> post, I tell everyone, spoiler alert: don't read yeah, the rest but of this. On the- phone you were lethal i'm like no stop stop and five minutes later i knew the whole film but anyways <laughs> but going you still into watched a, it yeah I, I did still watch it and and it was like watching the sixth sense after someone goes oh by the way the dude's dead <laughs> <laughs> it was not that bad no not no really. actually it might have been yeah because I do remember you saying that to me. You're like, you would have told me the end of The Sixth Sense. I can just tell you would have been that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you would call me up out of the movie theater going, the dude's dead. The whole time, the dude's dead. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, The Usual Suspects. Did you see The Usual Suspects? Oh, dude, what a film, huh? What? Yeah. Oh, Kaiser Sauze. He's Kaiser Sauze. Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Sauze. But the thing is, I like well, the first time I saw it, I didn't know. Like, because I'm usually put a pretty good at like seeing all that stuff in movies. And I remember the last two minutes when you believe it's Keaton is Kaiser Sauze, and the guy is making all these connections, and I, my mind is blown. And then in the last thirty seconds is when you realize, no, it wasn't Keaton. It was Kevin Spacey. And I was like, "That's awesome!" Oh, dude, this is the greatest movie ever. You know, so uh, dude, that that was a whole generation. I I got this theory that in the '90s, man, they knew, and I and I know I sound like a grumpy old man saying this, but in the '90s, they really knew how to make films. They really did, man. There was there was a a kind of period in the '90s where stuff like uh, Memento, The Game. Um, seven, some of these films, uh, usual suspects, these movies, six cents, these movies are coming out and you're like, dude, the matrix, what did I just watch? You're coming out of films. And then, uh, I don't know, man, like somewhere I, I got into a whole, that guy same hates guy. you today. He, he's, he does. He always hates me. He's got but, it in uh, for you today. It's the same guy every day. Uh, same time. Obviously he's plowed through a couple cars. That's how it works. But anyways, so uh, we better get on our topic, but uh, just kind of off topic, but on topic, I actually uh, this week um, got added to the uh, regular contributors list uh, for Leadership Journal. Nice. So I'm I am bragging. I'm just I am bragging. That's that's me bragging right there. Um, don't want to you know I put on my 
my Twitter. Um, honored to be, you know, because it is an honor, but um, but that's a way of bragging. Just so you know, that's how pastors brag, and I was bragging, and I'm bragging just now. I'm just not being fake about it. <laughs> I dig it, man. I dig it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to brag, be proud of it, right? Hey, I'm bragging, and uh, God help me, but I am bragging right now. And I'd just but like anyways, to say that you're also a regular contributor to uh, Church Planner Magazine. I am indeed. Well, actually, not so regular. I actually don't contribute to that. As <laughs> you're not <much>. regular. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, I need a little bit of Metamucil, um, editorially speaking, to uh, to keep me a little bit more regular. Maybe some oatmeal cookies and uh, for, for the writer brain. But, uh, but anyways, that was kind of cool. I got that email yesterday. And then I got an email uh, saying, hey, will you co-write a book with us? Um, we're getting a contract from Baker. And uh, will you co-write a church planning book with us? And I was like, hey, hey, yeah, that'd be cool. So That's interesting. That's interesting. We'll have to talk more about that offline because I'd like to know why those guys are writing a book on church planning. <laughs> I mean, I know why they want you with it because it's like you're the church planner. But why are they right now? Yeah. yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Okay, well, let's head into you our You add books, credibility. Man. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. All right, so today's topic is all about the uh, best church planning books that are out there. So, yeah. So a lot of you guys, you don't uh, perhaps know what to read. Maybe you've read a couple books on church planning and you're just thinking, hey, you know, where, where do I start? And so um, we do on Jump School, we regularly review books. Sometimes some months we'll have as many as 10 to 11 on our topic and other uh, months we might have one or two. Uh, because on that particular topic, no one's really written books. And that that's just an avenue that we got to explore and uh, uh, which, hey, you know, kind of kind of off topic, but on topic um, this uh, just yesterday, I got invited to um, write a book on church planning, which I was pretty happy about uh, from a couple guys uh, that uh, I, I actually can't say where, where they're from. But uh, yeah, so maybe look for another book coming out um, pretty soon from uh, from me in the next year or so on church planning, which will not be the same as what you would get in jump school. It'll be a little bit different focus. But uh, but anyways, we're going to talk about the church uh, planning books. And Pete, you 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 know which book we're going to talk about, right? Uh, church Zero. Cha-ching! And that's the end of the show. Guys, remember that if... Uh, <laughs> that's all we got to talk about. Remember, if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to... No, just teasing. No, let's... Uh, obviously... Church Zero. I mean, it's a book I wrote, right, on uh, leadership, the leadership teams, team church planning. Um, but we won't talk about that. Um, we have a whole uh, podcast. You can go back way, way back in the early days. You can check out our early podcasts. I think we did a whole uh, show on that book. And uh, Pete interviewed me about the book. But we are going to talk about some books that uh, maybe you guys don't know about. Some of them you have read. Some of them you haven't. And some of them are what I would consider indispensable. Some are off the beaten track, but you will never be the same after reading them. So we're going to go through that list. And in no particular order, um, here they are. And Pete's going to interrupt and, uh, you know, tell me that uh, that book sounds stupid when I uh, share it with you. So I've literally got a stack on my desk and I'm just picking them up as they come. Okay. 
So the very top one is one by Geraint Fielder. He's a Welshman, lives in Cardiff, Wales, if you ever want to stalk him and hunt him down. Um, he wrote a book called Grace, Grit, and Gumption. And that is a book about um, the uh, workers, uh, the guys who back in Wales at the turn of the century started a movement of churches known as a, a movement. It was called the Forward Movement of Churches. And what it was is they felt that the church was stuck. The church in Britain, um, the 1800s, so when I say turn of the century, we're talking the beginning of the, the 20th century, so the early 1900s. Of course, a 1904-1905 revival came out of uh, the efforts of these guys. We always hear of Evan Roberts with the Welsh Revival of 1904-1905, but it was really um, two brothers, Frank and Seth Joshua, who started a movement, the forward movement, and that was the precursor to the revival. And because they felt the church was stuck within its building, they decided that they would take the gospel out to the streets. And uh, it, it, it had an enormous, profound effect on me reading this, where, of course, I was going through this whole uh, thing about, you know, why does what I do look nothing like what Paul does? And these guys were like railway workers, um, prize fighters. Um, they were rough guys, coal miners, and they got saved and they just took it to the people, man. They were working class. Um, they would, they were the guys that did the stuff like the boxing match. I wrote about it in church zero, Cha-ching! where, uh, they, they would take the, the set up a, a boxing ring in the street and say big fight this Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And no one's doing anything on Sunday. So people come out and then, uh, the guys would preach. Well, one of the guys got that idea because, uh, he had heard an old, uh, 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 street preacher getting heckled. And he walked up, and he had been a prize fighter. So he walks up to the guys, and he goes, hey, I'll fight any of you um, right here, right now. But if I win, you're going to listen to him preach. If, uh, if I lose, this guy goes away and never comes back again, the street preacher. And of course, he's pretty confident in himself as a, as a prize fighter for money. A rough bunch, the Welsh, right? And, uh, of course, I, I can't remember if he fought anyone or not. But uh, people got saved that day, and that's that's how it would work. And so it's a story of eight churches called the Forward Movement, the connection to history that you may have heard of these. I actually served at one of these churches. It was called Bethlehem uh, in Port Talbot. It later became the place where Martin Lloyd-Jones came and became uh, a preacher. It was known as the Dockside Presbyterian Church. had a couple different names. Another name for it was Sandfields, and I served as the evangelist there, that's where I started working in the factories and saw guys saved. And I was just a rough community. So that was a great book for me to have um, when I was in Wales. And uh, again, it's called Grace, Grit, and Gumption. You want to be challenged in your faith to actually reach people where they're at and not where you want them to be. That is an amazing book. And it's by Geraint Fielder. And it is by Christian Focus Press. It sounds made up. Yeah, I just thought, dude, I just made that whole thing up right there. <laughs> Actually, Christian Focus Press sounds made up, but yeah, no, it, it's a real, it's a small. They, they it, funny enough, it's out of a, um, uh, it's out of the place where I, I did seminary. It was uh, Brentarian, Brentarian House Publishers. So, anyways, kind of funny, evangelical movement, that whole thing. Mm. 
The next book is by Guy Fonz. And that's P-F-A-N-Z. Not like Fonz, like, hey, like the Fonz, right? Like, we're not worthy to talk about the Fonz, right? Like Arthur Fonzarelli Fonz. This is uh, Arthur T. Fonzarelli, to be exact. But this is actually a book by Guy Fonz. And uh, one of the guys in New Breed that I know of actually trained with this guy. This guy was a bit of a legend. I can remember sitting with a a church planner, a guy named Eric Olson in Huntington Beach. He had a church called God's House. And uh, when I first got back from Europe, he he contacted me and said, hey, can we meet? And uh, he mentioned this guy. And I'm like, who is this? And he's like, oh, you haven't heard of him? And he, he tells me the story. And it blows my mind. And I actually remember, you probably remember this, Pete. I called you up and I go, you never believe the story I heard. Remember the guy that I told the story to you about? where he had um uh he he did like a coffee roasting business and he trained church planners with it yeah i do so this stacking the deck the subtitles what happens when we believe god wants it more than we do what, give that title again because you were uh, cutting out there okay it's stacking the deck i come through yep and it's what happens when we believe God wants it more than we do? And that is, that's so good, man. Because I think at a certain point in church planning, you start realizing God really does. And, you know, he really does want people to get saved more than I do. We think we're like begging God, Lord, help, you know, save these people. And what, a lot of times what's happening is a church planner's going, God, make my church successful, you know, so I can feel good. And, and God's like, no, I'm not into that. That's not what I do. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, I glorify Jesus. I don't glorify you, church planner. I don't glorify your little you know, patch of terra firma um, so you can stand up and have ministerial bragging rights. I'm here to glorify my son. If you get in line with that, we can get somewhere. Well, anyways, um, Guy Fon's, uh stacking the deck. Um, wh- what happened with him was he had a vision to... Um, plan a church and half of his people backed out just like months before the launch. And their, their basic thing was, Hey pal, you know, good luck without our money. And so he suddenly like lost most of his financial backing and had a warehouse that they were renting. And he's like, I got to pay this bill. And so he still felt that God wanted him to, uh, to continue with it. And um, anyways, one of the guys in Newbreed, he trained with this guy. And uh, so years ago, I was talking with him and he goes, oh, no, I know who you're talking about. I trained with him. So he actually trained with Guy Fonz and uh, was a part of this whole movement. But um, sadly, Guy has had a head injury um, from from what I've been told and isn't writing anymore, um, isn't doing quite like he did before. I think he got in a motorcycle accident or something. But, um, but anyways, this book is brilliant. And what he what happens is back to his story, he ends up just opening a coffee shop out of his warehouse. It was supposed to house his church. Well, the people who come are like the down and outers. They have no money. And but the Lord is saving people. And he's like, you know, there's only a few people here. We're real small. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And then what happened was he just kept feeling, well, these are the people God gave me. I'm not gonna fold. I'm going to keep ministering to these down and outers. Well, then he ends up, uh, uh, 
you know, he has a cappuccino machine that someone, you know, had invested in the very beginning and it breaks. And so he calls a guy uh, to repair it and can't afford the bill. So he goes on Google, he searches how to fix it. He learns to fix it and he thinks this is how I can make money. I can go around fixing espresso machines. It's not that hard once you know what to do. And so what happened was he starts his business. He visits a guy who says, hey, I, you know where the money is in the coffee business is roasting. This is years ago. And uh, he goes, once you're known as a roaster, people will travel near and far to get to you. So he prays. He goes, God, we don't have this kind of money. Boom, an envelope shows up on the counter one day, with 15 grand in it, which is the exact amount he needed to buy a coffee roaster. He buys a coffee roaster. He starts roasting. His coffee shop starts taking off. Um, the church builds. And then before you know it, what he's doing is he's taking the down and outers and he's moving them through the church. He's discipling them into church planners, into missionaries. And then what happens is he buys a second roaster. But this time he puts a partnership model. And you know what this is. And I remember you explaining. I was trying to explain it before. And Pete, you were like, oh, I know what he's doing. Boom, boom, boom. And what it is, is you, you work there. So he would do like the, the hall of Tyrannus in the morning. He would train them in, or excuse me, in the, how was it in like the morning he would, they'd be running this coffee business, but in the morning he would train them, uh, how to, how to roast coffee and they would work this place. And then in the afternoon, like the hall of Tyrannus, he would train them in church planning and ministry. And then eventually they would work a certain amount of time. They would have bought their own coffee roaster, like they're investing into it as they're working there. And then he sends them to the next city over to reproduce the model and to um, basically start all over again and do the same thing. So it's a multiplication model using business as kind of like Paul's tent making. It was it was an amazing book. And the guy's totally spirit led. So well, remember what the name Give the name was. of the book again. Stacking the Deck. By Guy Fonz. You know, here's here's F-A-N-Z. here's the interesting thing about that. Um, two two side caveats to that. One is, you know, you, you mentioned the guy basically had to go on the internet and find out, you know, how do I fix this machine? And then he goes, "Hey, I could turn this into a business." That I mean, the the, the ironic thing to me is that's a very strong correlation to Michael Cheshire. 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 His book, uh, How to Knock Over a 7-Eleven and Other Ministry Training, where they would basically find odd jobs on Craigslist, say that they could do them, and then they'd go on YouTube and find out how to do it. And then they'd go do it. Yeah. Like, they didn't know how to do half the stuff, like uh, put in a, a sprinkler system. And they, <clears throat> in his book, he says they made uh, YouTube their best friend because it just has videos literally on anything and everything. Yeah. And uh, and the other thing too that strikes me is is really interesting because there's you know with the whole bivo movement I don't know if you've noticed this but I've even heard like the backlash against guys who are doing coffee houses and I've heard other guys go oh well you, yeah that's real original no one's ever thought about starting a coffee house and they're almost like knocking it well it doesn't matter if it works. It's cool. I mean, who cares if everyone else is doing it? Whatever it takes to reach the community. And, and right now, coffee houses are that in certain communities. They're, you know, yeah. the gathering places. There's one by my house that I used to go to before um, my wife got me a coffee machine. And now it's a lot cheaper just to make it at home. But 
like you can't go in there almost any time during the day and find a place to sit because there's so many people in there. And it reminds yeah. me of like the second or third interview we did for the Church Planner podcast. The first time we interviewed Dave Thompson. Yeah. And why don't you share his story? Because it to, to me, you know, as it comes to the coffee house, because it so correlates to what you just talked about in this other book, completely different situation. Yeah, so and we actually interviewed Dave in um, Jump School. I think he was in last uh, last month's in the trenches where we talked about core team. But what what David actually did? He was a new breed church planner um, when I was writing Church Zero uh, up in Oregon. Um, I met Dave then. He was kind of stuck. He didn't know what his next steps were going to be. He was serving in a very traditional conservative Baptist church, and uh, he was just he was stuck. And we started talking and. Um, eventually what Dave did is they, they, they bought, um, they didn't want a church building. They just said, well, look, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, they knew about what we had done in pillar, um, starting out of a Starbucks and like, that's our model. David come from, you know, he's an ex con. He had come from, uh, AA, NA, um, you know, alcohol anonymous, narcotics anonymous. You guys should know that, but. Uh, anyways, he, uh, he decided, no, that's how I want to do it. I want to do it where people are talking and people are interacting. And so they actually started running a cafe and the, the cafe is called the door. It, uh, does very good. The church is called the door. It does very good. But even and, how uh, they got the, the, uh, uh, machine, like, Oh, you, you tell that story, man. I well, I'm going to go that. is, well, I thought maybe you'd remember it better than I did just cause you, you've worked with him <laughs> no, more, but my I memory. I remember basically they were meeting with this guy and, uh, you know, a business owner. He was a well-to-do business owner and they, they knew they wanted to do this coffee shop idea. And so they, you know, talked to them and, um, didn't look like he was going to be able to like contribute to the church plan or something like that. And I remember they walked out in the parking lot and all of a sudden the guy comes running out and he goes, Hey, you know, um, I don't know if this would help or anything, but, I got this cappuccino machine. It's like, you know, a $10,000 cappuccino machine. Can I donate it to the church? And it was like exactly what they needed to start the whole coffee thing. Yeah. And um, and it, it just, it strikes me. I don't know if you can hear my dog drinking out of our water bowl there in the back. It's really bothering me, actually. That's that's not me in the bathroom. That's the, the dog going like crazy on the water bowl. <laughs> Did um, not even cross my mind. <laughs> Well, you're a better man than Usually I. Usually, wait till we're on the on the phone with me, and then that's where you do that. I'm about ready to throw something at her, just like I did when we were interviewing Joey Turner, and I had to throw something at my dog to get her to stop oh, licking right. herself. Right, that's right. That was so funny. Oh my gosh, but but you know what? It, it's it's like that Holy Spirit is real. Well, that's like, the thing. It's like sometimes these guys who like knock the whole coffee house thing, and they're like, "Oh, that's not really unique." Well, but. If God is literally stepping up and you see him do stuff like this, I mean, come on. How are you going to start knocking that? I mean, God's using it, right? I mean, he's yeah. using it. So so do it. You know, if God's called yeah. you to do a coffee house. You know, the thing that just kills me when I see these guys, and and I, I'm thinking about this because there's a, a Bivo conference coming up with, uh, I know Hugh Halter is going to be speaking at it. Is it, I think it was uh, Brad Briscoe. I think when we were interviewing him, he was talking about it. Um, was it him? Do you remember? Was it bad? Um, maybe. Because they were, they were talking about, um, you know, they're going to even have some sessions on starting a coffee house and stuff like that. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. One of the guys we interviewed for Hardcore Church Planning was talking about, I think it was Brad Briscoe. 
Uh, I, I could be wrong on that, but I, I thought that's who it was. But the thing that just, you know, as I hear stuff like that as a marketer, part of me, um, part of me. Oh, just, it was Lance Ford. No, I think it was Lance. No, it wasn't Lance. Okay. It might have been Brad. Because we just did Lance's. They were doing in the community. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You listen to Hardcore yeah. Church Planning, listen to all the episodes, you'll get it eventually. There's only three up right now. Well, there's on. only three up, but there's six in the can, actually eight in the can. Oh. So Yeah, totally. Totally. So, you know, everyone well, say they come out. But here here's my point with that. It's like part of me like cringes when I hear that because of the marketer in me. Like you can be really great at operations, but if you don't no marketing it doesn't matter how good your product or service is no one's going to know about it yeah so the part of me that cringes is not you know i'm like yeah but guys you got to be able to market you got to be able to get the word out about this and coffee houses especially there are so many cool things that any coffee house can do that would one really connect them to their their clientele and help them build relationships with them but would also keep that thing afloat because we've talked to guys who have coffee houses. We're like, yeah, you know, we think we're going to have to go down, a, you know, uh, uh, our hours or cut out a day. You know, it's basically run by volunteers. Look, if you've got a coffee house that's run by volunteers, that's awesome. But it should be able to sustain itself because there's no reason it can't. Look at Starbucks. Look at Dietrich's. Well, Dietrich's got bought out by Starbucks. Look at uh, Pete's Coffee. Look at all yeah. these other coffee places that are out there. They've got tons of money, enough to pay their employees. You can still be offering great, valuable jobs to the community at your coffee house if you're running it right. And the way to run yeah. it right is to do proper marketing. So that's just my little rant. I had to throw it out there anyway. No, no, it's cool. Done. It's cool. <laughs> back, back in like the 90s, right? Like everybody in church plane, there wasn't a lot of stuff on church plane. We were just talking to Lance Ford about this the other day. And um, I'm moving on to my next book because Go for it. Uh, back then in the 90s, there was one thing that was kind of available, and it was a uh, cassette tape set. In fact, I think you can still get it on Amazon for about 75 bucks. Um, it's called the Church Planners Toolkit. And it was by a guy named Bob Logan. And so guys who planted 20 years ago, they always kind of joke around and say, oh, yeah, back in the 90s, I got Bob Logan's you know, Church Planners Toolkit. Now, jump school is kind of ching. Um, jump school is kind of like that for today's generation, right? There's not really much out there, and of course, you don't want to buy cassette tapes, but um, but but it's the same kind of thing. And and so that brings me to my next book. They didn't really have anything in book form, and and the book that was written was written by Fred Heron, and it's got a great title. He's uh, Vineyard Kansas City. And Vineyard, by the way, during the 80s and early 90s was on fire in the world of church planning. I would say right now the Southern Baptists are probably uh, the most on fire, probably followed by AOG and some of the other guys. They think they suck at it, but I've seen some impressive stuff come out of there. But, um, you know, everybody's doing something in church planning, but some guys right now are really focused on it. But the Vineyard was a big deal in church planning. They even had a church planning magazine. Right. So uh, what? And uh, anyway, so Fred Heron wrote this book. Great title. Expanding God's kingdom through church planning. Now, this is probably a book that if you saw it, you uh, would even say it glowed. Uh, nice. you, you actually would say the opposite. It's blue and it's really ugly. It's an ugly church planning book. Right. So it, 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 you might think, well, I don't read ugly books. 
Um, Ugly is not in my vocabulary, but here's the deal. It is one of those books like Bob Logan's Toolkit where it just tells you what you need to know. Um, It's very practical. Um, A lot of books being written right now are very theoretical. I don't know why that is. Um, When we sought to write um, Jump School, cha-ching, as a course, um, we we actually were looking to write something. I was anyways um, looking to write something that was practical. Because for some reason, you just find everyone wants to talk about the theory, the the mission of God, the missio deo. Then we get into the theology, and that's all really, really helpful. But at the end of the day, when you buy a book on church planning, part of you wants to know, well, how do I plan a church? And so that is that is what this book will offer. And it's comprehensive. Again, it's by Fred Heron. Um, it's going to tell you the biblical foundations in the beginning. It's going to tell you uh, all about expanding the kingdom of skin. And because it's vineyard, it's going to talk about the Holy Spirit, which I always look for in a church planning book. If a book does not give a prominent place to the Holy Spirit uh, and it's a church planning book, I discount it all. I just look at it and go, okay, you're more into crowd building because I don't need the Holy Spirit to build a crowd. But what I do need the Holy Spirit for is what Paul talked about when he said, you know, you sell, you water, God alone gives the increase. So a lot of books out there right now, unfortunately, are written by guys who everything in their church plant is all about marketing. Now, you know, pizza marketer, I I love learning about marketing. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's a really helpful thing to understand the church does market regardless. Um, You can't help but market. You just might be marketing poorly. So marketing is great, but when a book is all about marketing, in other words, it's a church planning book and it substitutes um, the work of the Holy Spirit for marketing, then I think the person's gone into a very dangerous place. And that's not, you know, the, the two should complement one another. But um, but he's good. He talks about, um, you know, all the different methods, um, talks about uh, how to get to know your your community how to survey it. Today we talk about like contextualizing the gospel. This is before all the buzzwords. You just see it boiled down to its brass tacks. Keys to effective church planning is part three. And he talks about uh, strategic planning, gathering the core group. Um, In fact, um, because there aren't many books on gathering a core team in this month on Jump School, I put um, this as one of the uh, key books that you should read just for that chapter, right? Because it, it's rare to find someone tell you how you how you gather a core team, so that was that one. Another book. Moving on. Any 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 thoughts on that, Pete? No, I just um, I agree. Obviously, with what you're saying about marketing, you can't discount the Holy Spirit because that's kind of the whole kit and caboodle right there. Um, and, and conversely, you can't discount marketing either because you are going to inevitably market, right? Well, everything you do is marketing. And that's how you have to understand. Like your website is marketing. And yeah. would you think in today's day and age of even having a, a church without a website? I mean, that would almost be like crazy. Yeah. But when you realize, mm-hmm. well, that's also marketing, you got to make sure your website is set up right. And not it's, just like aesthetically good, but like it's going to work. It's going to help you connect with the community. Yeah. So like this week I go on um, Twitter and I go, you know, and I always make fun of people for doing stuff. Hey, can't wait to see you this Sunday. Uh, I'm so pumped up about the Sunday service. And the reason I laugh about it 
is because it's marketing. It's just a veiled marketing, right? That's what it is. The guy's really saying, hey, everybody come to church. It's going to be awesome. And it's a type of, there's nothing wrong with it. But I, I like how every Sunday is the best Sunday ever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like all that stuff, you know. Um, God's really going to move. Well, that's awesome you're thinking that. But often it's a veiled attempt at marketing. And and that's cool. It's fine. I'm not getting down on it. Just, I just laugh because I think stuff's funny that other people don't. But um, like like me, like I tweeted out this week. You can see me doing it. I do it. I went I went on and I go, hey, honored to be um, the uh, uh, on the list of regular contributors contributors for Leadership Journal. And I and I put that on there. It's kind of like bragging, right? It's kinda, I mean, let's be honest. That was me. I'm I'm honored. I am honored. I mean, that's that's a cool list of people to hang with. But um, but really, what I'm saying is, um, honored is a nice way of veiling to say, hey, everyone, I'm bragging. <laughs> and that's that's what it was, right? I mean, I was I was just kind of bragging. Hey, check me out. Right? I would never do that, especially when talking about a new 3D TV that I got. I, I would <laughs> never think about but, that, doing but, that. But here's the thing: like we're all human, and we you know occasionally we do it, and then we then we veil it. But I knew even when I did, I'm like, okay, I'm bragging. But you know, the 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 best way <laughs> to do it is to say honored to have been nominated for this, you know, rather than to go, hey, everybody, I'm just bragging about the fact that, you know, like you can't say that, right? So here's the thing. Um, the uh, the next book on there is, uh, it's not a church planning book, um, but it's called The Gospel According to Starbucks, and it's by Leonard Sweet. Now, I know we've talked a lot about coffee. This has nothing to do, as far as I'm concerned, with outreach. The reason I put this on there is Leonard Sweet masterfully takes the gospel and puts it in coffee language. Um, he, he approaches everything through um, uh, Starbucks and compares everything to Starbucks. And what I love about that is what he's really doing is he's thinking like a missionary. So um, he talks about the fact that you're buying the experience. Now, he didn't make that up. Right. I, I worked at Starbucks and that, that's what they said when they would train us as employees. They would talk about third space and the churches pick that up now. Um, it's a sociology term. It's the place where you want to be. Their first place is your house. It's where you, you know, you sleep eight hours. It's where you live. Your second place is where you have to be. Right. Your workplace. Your third place is where you want to be. And so creating a third place environment is not the place I live, not the place I have to be to pay my bills, but the place I want to be. And so it's an atmosphere. And so he pays attention to Starbucks and he starts pulling all of these illustrations out of it and finding common ground with the gospel. Now, I got to tell you, that's what any good missionary does when he goes to another country, whether it's Don Richardson, author of The Peace Child, going into the, uh, the uh, not the Aborigine culture, I can't remember, it was... Um, a culture in, um, oh, shoot. Um, oh, where is it? That's um, where Arian Jaya is. Um, oh, shoot. Can't remember the name of it. Um, it's an island. Um, anyways, he goes in there and there's cannibals. And he has to find the common ground. And he extrapolates out of their culture a gospel principle. And so it, it, what it is, we call it contextualizing the gospel we we find the common threads in uh, a culture, and we work the gospel through those windows, through those doorways that are creative. Since we just had the football, uh, the Super Bowl, um, think of it like this. The gospel's the football, 
And sometimes culture can be like those offensive linemen where they open up a hole for you to run the ball through, right? Which is good when you have two minutes left on the clock and you're Seattle, right? That's what you want to do. You want to run the ball, just say it. And uh, anyway, so that that's what culture will do sometimes. And anyone who studied missiology knows that uh, because the human heart was created by God and created with a need for God, often culture shapes itself around those openings. Those openings will be found in every culture because every culture is made up of people that have souls. And so you will find those doorways into their souls, but you have to learn to think that way. The reason that book by Leonard Sweet, The Gospel According to Starbucks is on there is when you read it, it shows you masterfully how you can contextualize the gospel to any and every situation. It's why Pete and I are starting a movie podcast because we want to help people think, well, A, we want to watch movies, right, Pete? <laughs> and write them off. <laughs> and write them off as tax receipts. But also we want to be able to show people you can find the gospel in almost any story. You can contextualize almost anything to find the gospel, um, if that makes sense. It does. How much time we got left? We only got through four books. Um, we got three minutes. Three minutes. All right. Well, let me just then throw quickly three on there. I'm going to swipe it, and people are going to be like, what? You didn't do that. Yeah, yeah I did, or I'm going to. Um, I'm going to take three books that I consider textbooks. Um, they're not published necessarily as textbooks. One of them arguably so, possibly two of them, but they're weighty. They're weighty and they're meaty and they're comprehensive. And I'm putting them in the same category because uh, I'm putting them in the textbook category. If you're one of those people who's like, I need a textbook, then um, there's three books I'd recommend. Discovering Church Planting by J.D. Payne. He did happen to be the uh, uh, professor of church planting. He worked for North American Mission Board and um, he was a professor of missiology <clears throat> and um, uh, taught church planting and evangelism at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Now, his book, Discovering Church Planting, is a whopping 500 pages, right? The thing is big. It's like as big as like a Harry Potter book, right? Um, you could throw it at someone and cause damage. But uh, that's J.D. Payne, and um, it is a textbook. It is comprehensive. I, I like this book. I think... It's one, it talks about contextualization, talks about strategy, talks about discipleship and church planning, talks about spiritual warfare, talks, it has a chapter on the Holy Spirit, um, talks about ecclesiology, talks about um, biblical principles, it talks about practical tips, um, talks about, you know, what is a church planning, is a pastor, is a missionary, talks about bivocationalism. It's a good book, man. And it covers a wide range. So I would suggest that book. And along with that, I would suggest Center Church by Tim Keller. Um, that also, I believe, was written as a textbook for those that uh, attend the school at Redeemer City to City. Um, they have a church planning school there uh, down in Manhattan. And Center Church was the book that came out of that. Now, it is different um, some people would think, oh, it's a book on church planning. It is kind of a church planning textbook, but you're not going to find as much practical help. So you will find a lot of research. You will find a lot of scholarly things. You will find a wide breadth of topics. 
but he approaches this book in a very unique way. For example, I'm just looking at the contents here. Um, it's based around uh, three central concepts, the gospel. So the first part's about what is gospel theology. That's the first part of the book. The next part's about what does the gospel do, gospel renewal. Then it talks about the city, contextualization, uh, and then it talks about vision for the city. And lastly, it talks about movement, missional community, integrative ministry, and movement dynamics. It's good, but it's more a book on missiology. But personally, I think it's essential to church planners. If you're going to really want something a little bit eggheaded, uh, grab that, take it. And the third textbook is Permanent Revolution. It was not written as a textbook, but again, um, uh, Alan Hirsch was, I don't know if he ever taught there, but he was considering taking a position, uh, and I think we will see in future Alan take a position where he's speaking at university level, probably post-grad. Um, he's a missiologist, and I think you'll find him a lot in a classroom. And this book is heavy, heavy on theory. I always joke around that Church Zero, cha-ching, is the uh, stupid man's guide to permanent revolution, even though um, Church Zero was written before permanent revolution came out. It was published first, but we, neither one of us copied each other. We just, we wrote the same thing, but very differently. I, mine has lots of cartoons. His has lots of diagrams. And so what you'll find is it's a similar uh, topic. It's on what I call fist leadership. He calls a pest. Um, we have a fundamental difference on how we deal with it. But the, the, the great value, he and Tim Ketchum wrote this book, and the great value in it is that it goes deeper into the theory, uh, whereas mine maybe has a little bit more of a prophetic burden behind it and a practical thrust. Um, th this And mine didn't go practical enough, most definitely. But this book goes deep, deep, deep into the theory. They have a lot of helpful diagrams. Um, there's parts that talk about the relations between these guys. And the, Tim Ketchum, in particular, has a real strong gift for taking these concepts anytime he teaches or does anything uh, he will go and write out diagrams about what he's been teaching he's a visual learner and in fact um, recently he wrote a blog post that was brilliant called uh, I think it was called uh, the Waffle House Waffle House Church Planting or Waffle House Missiology and he basically um, was sitting in a Waffle House and he diagrammed how a Waffle House works. Um, and he applied it to church planning. And it works. This guy's really, really good at this. And he himself is a missiologist. So those are the three textbooks. And because textbooks are boring um, to talk about, but these books are not boring, I lumped them together so that Pete doesn't fall asleep. But uh, those are kind of the meaty ones. So that's the end. We will come back and do another one on this subject because we haven't hit I've still got a stack of books sitting on my desk. We'll, we'll probably wrap it up next time. But uh, that is a taster for you guys. And you can get most of these on tape. And uh, my big find, and I'm, I feel bad telling you this, um, my big find this month was on the final day of the month of January. I was at christianaudiobook.com. And I downloaded Charles Spurgeon's autobiographies, two volumes, for $5 a piece. It was only going during the month of January and I found it the last day of the month. But you can still get those. They're $23.95 a piece. It set you back 50 bucks to get them both. But I got it for 10. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs>
So uh, that's it. But uh, you can get these on audiobook. I, I would, I would of course, remind everyone, if you're going to get it on audiobook, get it on Audible. Yes, and of course. And you go to audibletrial.com forward slash CPM and put a little wind in these pirate sales. We have, uh, we've got bills to pay. So if you're going to do an audiobook, get us paid, hey, man. Get us paid. Oh, yeah. And guys, don't forget to uh, go and leave us a review and do it for Hardcore Church Planning, too. What happens yep. is yep. when it's a new podcast, you go do those reviews and it completely puts us up to the front of the queue. And uh, it doesn't have to be tons of people. But if everybody listening would go do that, um, it would it would put us front and center, man. And, and I, people I just got the notification us. from iTunes two minutes ago. That hardcore church planning is now approved and it's on Woo-hoo! iTunes. So you can get those yeah, interviews baby. right now. Yeah, and the more the more listeners we have, the more downloads, the more sponsorship we get, the more cool stuff we can do. So that would that would make it more viable for us to actually have more podcasts. So um, it, we're starting the Church Planner Magazine network of podcasts. So um, get on, man, and review it for us. And lastly, the most important bill we got to pay is we need to finish up the Jump School film. And if you don't know anything about the Jump School film, it is six parts of awesomeness, uh, church planting, training your core team. It is 10 to 15 minutes an episode. It is monologue spliced with World War II paratrooper dramatization, and it will get your core team ready to launch in six weeks. Now, you should spend more time with your core team than six weeks, but we will do a crash course with your core team, giving them most of the mindset. That's the hardest thing to train a core team with is the right mindset to plan a church. That's what that is. You can get on there. You can go to Jump School. Just Google Jump School and Kickstarter. Um, or go to our Facebook page and you'll find plenty of links. You can follow me at Peyton Jones at Peyton Jones Punk on Twitter and you'll find I'm tweeting about it left and right. The thing is, guys, we, we what we really want is for you guys to get on there. If you love this podcast, you love the magazine, you love anything we do, the best way you can thank us is get on board with our Kickstarter and uh, and, and just contribute and tweet it out, blast it out for us. And we would be so grateful to you guys if you would do that. Cool. Sounds good, man. I dig it. All right. Well, hey, this has been Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music